They love it on Nebula. They're wild about it on Torinus. Even on Motus, where they don't like anything at all, they eat it up. It's Atari's Moon Patrol, the action-packed video game. Race your moon buggy over enormous craters. Blast attacking saucers. And zap moon rocks. But you'd better watch out. Play Moon Patrol. It's more fun than a barrel of grown mix. You from Atari. Welcome, everyone, to the Atari 1500 Super Community Podcast. In this episode, we're we'll talking about Moon Ranger. No, Moon Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I'm looking at the page of Moon Ranger on the uh, Kate Love site. The Moon Knight. Page. Yeah. Oh, well. M- Moon Patrol. Awesome. So, as always, I'm Willie. Who else we got on here? We got Mike. Mighty Matt D. Uh, this is Rick. And this is Ferg. Yes! Ferg! Repeating podcast. <laughs> awesome. So, as always, we're going to start with uh, what we've been doing lately. How about you, Matt? What have you been up to lately? Uh, I've been trying to get my 5200 to behave itself. It, uh, it It's acting very strangely. It doesn't like to play some games. Other games it plays fine. Of course, one of the games that didn't want to play this month was Moon Patrol. Oh. But I've got uh, my trusty 5200 field service manual, and I bought a multimeter, and I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with it. So that's kind of a fun thing, learning about electronics. <laughs> well, that's kind of bizarre. It doesn't play some games, but not others. others. I wonder if it's like uh, it won't play two-chip games, or it plays one-chip games. Or... I, it's so strange because, like, basically, I have a multi-card, I have the Atari Max card, and that thing, I've always had some problems with a few games on it, but now it, yeah. it hardly works at all. It only plays like maybe a couple games. Oh, great. You've got, you got a racist 5200. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's up with it. And I, A game that I used to have problems with all the time, uh, Vanguard, I, I could never get that one to work right. I thought I had a bad cartridge. Now it works fine, and Moon Patrol doesn't, and Moon Patrol used to work fine. So I don't know what's... <laughs> I, it's possessed or something. Like I don't know what's wrong. The physical cart and the Atari Max? Yeah, neither one works. Huh. Wow. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah, that is it's bizarre. super weird. My Atari Max has always been kind of finicky. Like, I remember we, we did uh, the last Starfighter game prototype that they had. Like, we did that episode, like, a while ago, like, when I first started doing this. And that one never worked right on the Atari Max. And, like, I just thought there was something up with my Atari Max cart. And I actually ordered, uh, you can get... Um, Atari age to make any cart you want. So I just ordered a last Starfighter cartridge from them and that worked fine. And that's how I did it for the episode. Oh, nice. So it's really weird what, what it decides it wants to play and what it doesn't, mm. but that's been occupying most of my 5,200 time. Unfortunately it is, does, does your show number end in six, 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 you know, it does. You think that might have something to do with it. <laughs> the power of Atari compels you. <laughs> anyway, how about you, Mr. Michael, who who was afraid of missing this episode with the threat of having to sing? Yeah, I'm not singing. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I've been playing a lot of Moon Patrol. I I did pick up another 5200. Uh, you know, again a little drinking and a little uh, eBaying. Don't mix and. Uh... <laughs> So, uh, Matt, if you need a four-port Atari 5200, I have one. Actually we'll, works. We'll, uh... we'll have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a good deal uh, on it? Yeah, it was like 30 bucks. Oh, wow. yeah. That's yeah. really yeah. good. That's with, good uh, I think it was 50 bucks with shipping. Uh, oh, it was actually good. from from Goodwill. Really? Yeah, the Goodwill. Uh, oh, yeah, the Goodwill website. Yes. Website. I keep forgetting to check that. It came with... Oh, the cartridge, the, the games it came with, they were in bad shape. Oh. It looks like they were they were underwater for a little while. They just oh. were in bad shape. Uh, they did work, though. Of uh, course they did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tough. 
uh, two controllers. One does not work at all. One needs um, uh, the joystick works. A couple of the buttons don't. I, I can fix that pretty easily. But I, I want to make. Uh, I want to use the controllers and make uh, paddles out of them. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. that's at some point when I have a chance. But oh, yeah. been playing. Been playing a lot of Moon Patrol. Awesome. Uh, other than that, just stuff with the uh, the kids getting ready for the holidays. Mm, cool. Been look, keeping an eye out for that Nintendo Switch Atari um, flashback game. Yes, yes, that's going to have uh, the 5200 version of Star Raiders on there, which would be nice. Yeah, wow. yeah, and a bunch yeah. of the uh, prototypes and the unreleased yeah. games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not coming out, though. It looks like it's not going to be released till after the holidays, after Christmas. Well, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, it is. Huh. Yeah, they must, they must um, have hit a snag or something, because they usually try to get them out before, before the holidays, you know? Yeah. Another, yeah. another retro thing I picked up was that Pong, the uh, Atari 2600 Pong system from Walmart. All the at games blast crap? Yeah. It's actually, <laughs> it's actually, I gotta tell you, it's not bad. It's not uh, bad. For 20 bucks, the paddles are actually um, very responsive. Just get a Jack-specific one, man. Just the, the downside is it doesn't have kaboom. Hashtag retro crap. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty bucks I had to try it. Oh, you fool. Uh, are they de- I didn't, are they I didn't, detachable I didn't get any feathers. What's that? Are they detachable paddles or are they built They're in? They're wireless. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. That's wow. cool. Yeah. Wireless. Wireless and there it's an HDMI, like basically a card that you plug in. And I think that's where all the that's where all the you know the system really is. The paddles are just wireless, wow. and I think they have five different versions of the blast. Yes, playing uh, high definition pong, you can see every little square. <laughs> I mean, you're seeing this wow. crap everywhere now. CVS, you go into CVS and you see this. Uh, they have like a retro section now. It's it's crazy. Yeah. That's it for me. How about you, Mr. Rick Reynolds? Let's see. Uh, as far as 5200 stuff goes, uh, probably just, um, you know, I got it out as part of my uh, um, uh, Extra Life Day. Couldn't get it out of my head. Extra Life Day, um, uh, part of that day, I was I pulled out the 5200, did a little, little gameplay. Although I got to the end of the of the night, and I'm kind of, you know, bleary-eyed and whatever, and, other, and I scratched my head and went, wait a minute, I never pulled out the... Um, the curling game to, to try. So oh. it would have been a good oh, opportunity to like really dig into it. You know, I completely forgot it was on the shelf over there, but uh, yeah, so I got the curling game at PRGE, um, which I still haven't cracked open and, and uh, put it through its paces yet or anything. So I definitely want to be doing that and played a little, played a little moon, moon patrol um, to be able to talk about it. Other, other retro projects we've got going on here at the house, but both of my boys are delving heavily into um Commodore 64 and Commodore 128. Ooh, and wow. uh, so we got an emulator running on a, on a Pi. And uh, like they're both like, let's do some more on this. And, you know, loading disk images and trying some games and stuff. So it's been been pretty wild down there with that. We, we actually got, uh, I don't know if you've seen these. Um, you can like uh, take the board out of, the, out of a C64 case and, and put in a special like uh, translation circuit that'll, that'll turn the keyboard into a USB keyboard. And oh, then you wow. can plug it into a Pi, and it's like you have a real 64 running, you know, when you nice. got the... So we're doing that with both the... 120, we have a 128 and a 64 that we pull the boards out of. We put these things in. And so, you know, my older son's playing with the 128. The younger one's playing with the C64. So <laughs> Did you... Uh, cool. did, did, one thing I did pick up uh, was that Commodore 64 Mini. Yes. Have, have you checked that out? I have not it, yet. I've, I've it seen actually videos is pretty of people impressive. talking about it. Yeah, I, I picked one up myself and did a video on it. It is pretty good. It's not bad. Uh, if you want to use a keyboard on it at the same time as a joystick, get yourself a USB hub. Yeah. Oh, mm. uh, okay. It doesn't take both at the same time. No, because you have to leave the joystick plugged in. If you, if you unplug the joystick, it just it boots all the way out of whatever you're doing. Mm. So you got to leave the joystick plugged in. And then if you want to have an SD card plugged in to play other games... You have no other port to plug in the keypad, keyboard, so that's why you need uh, a hub. So the joystick port on it is just a USB port. It's yes, not it's a, nine, a nine pin. No. Okay. No, gotcha. it's just USB. But gotcha, it gotcha. works really well. I, I played quite a few games on it. Uh, it's pretty nice. It's pretty cool. 
It looks pretty cool. I kind of want one myself. I, I missed out on the C64 stuff growing up, but I always, the rare chance I got to play one, I thought it was a really cool computer. So That's pretty I have awesome. to check it out. Well, one of the my... things I I did was uh, I actually the reason why I wanted to do that was I wanted to play Moon Patrol on the Commodore 64 again uh, to compare. Yeah. So I think that's where I ultimately played a lot of Moon Patrol was on the Commodore. Oh yeah, well Moon Patrol was ported all over the place. Oh, yeah. all over. Yes, the, it was. the Apple II, the 2600, the 8-bit, the ST, Vic 20, MSX, TI 99, TRS 80 color computer. It's all over the place. <laughs> yeah. I think even in television has a version now, like Matt Patrol or something like that. Uh, there, well, we, um, we, if I may, we actually on episode 35 of the Intellivision areas <laughs> covered uh, covered Space Patrol. There it is. That's it. Which which was a homebrew. It's a yeah. It's a really good. It's a really good version. Yeah, you never did send me one, you rat. Like mm, what? Hmm? Anyway, <laughs> I've not been up to a lot. Uh, I was able to get a hold of that uh, Mr. Do homebrew game for the 5200 from Ed Keller oh, and Aladdin's yeah. controllers. He let me borrow it. Mm. And it's it's actually pretty good. It's a really fun game. Nice. Yeah, I was hoping to get that for you, buddy. I was... yeah. <laughs> Instead, all I could do is post uh, teasing pictures. That's all I could That's do. That's right. It's uh-huh. like, oh, like, I'm going to torture Willie for a while. <laughs> is it still being... pictures of handhelds I wanted. Then would ignore me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is Mr. Do still being developed or tested, or are they, are they finished with it now? They're getting some bugs worked out, they found. Okay. But the version I got plays really nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, it's pretty good. start this off like we always do with Mr. Matt talking about Moon Patrol, the arcade game. Alrighty. Uh, Moon Patrol is an arcade game released in 1982. It was distributed by Williams Electronics and developed by a company called IREM. Uh, IREM, you may know them from other games like R-Type. It's a pretty uh, well-known shoot-em-up. And Kung Fu Master. Uh, it, it's uh, basically like a kind of like a combination shooting driving game. We have a. You've been. The, the backstory is basically that you are a police officer assigned to the moon, of course, <laughs> and you have to patrol Luna City Sector Nine, and it's full of bad guys, 
that you need to you can blast them from above with your uh, your moon buggy, or they also and you also have to drive over the lunar surface, which is filled with craters, landmines, tanks, missiles, all kinds of things you have to dodge. So the challenge in it comes from having to sh- keep an eye in two different places at once, basically the ground in front of you as well as the sky above. It's um. It's a, it's a pretty fun game, and it, it, they also combine a bit of speed with it because the, the course that you're driving on, as you drive over the lunar surface, it's divided up into 26 checkpoints, one for each letter of the alphabet. And uh, every so often, there's a major checkpoint at letters E, O, J, T, and Z. And at those checkpoints, it'll stop, and you'll get to a bit of a bonus screen where it calculates your time. And the faster you've gone, the more bonus points you'll get for, for getting there quickly. So you want to try to keep a, keep a move on without losing any buggies, because obviously that sets your time back quite a bit. Um, the game was designed by Mr. Takashi Nashiyama. I hope I'm not butchering his name completely. Mr. Nashiyama went on to work for Arcade Giants Capcom and SNK after he left Irem. So he's been involved with some pretty uh, well-known game series, including Mega Man, The Art of Fighting, Fatal Fury, and Metal Slug. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, funny thing about Metal Slug, I kind of wondered if the, there's a buggy in that as well. and I kind of wondered if that yeah. was sort of a, a tip of the hat to, to Moon Patrol. If yeah, you, I, saw uh, the, I saw that in your article. It does look like it. It does kind of look like it. I, I don't know. I couldn't find anything that uh, any interviews with him really. So I, I'm not sure if that's what he was trying to do. But I, I thought maybe that was maybe there was a connection there. So uh, it was a pretty popular game, and like Willie said, it was ported to all kinds of things uh, back then. So uh, mostly under the Atari Soft label. I, I don't know. If, uh, guys remember that but they Atari started porting stuff to other home computers in the early 80s around 83 84 I think so it came out on Vic 20 and Atari ST and MSX in Japan all kinds of things definitely had many ways to play this crazy game (laughs) yes absolutely I I, I just did something Ferg I forgot I forgot to ask what you've been up to Uh oh Uh just kind of staring longingly at my 5200, uh, not playing it, unfortunately. I ordered a copy of Moon Patrol last Friday, and it said, okay, it'll be there by the 17th, honor or before the 17th. So I looked it up yesterday, and it's uh, spending the weekend in Rochester, I guess, having a garbage plate or something up there. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know, I, you can play the, the, the 8-bit version. It's pretty much this, yes. almost the same thing. Yeah, I was surprised. Was I was surprised to see I did have a cart for that, so I was playing that. It probably came from you, Willie. Probably did. <laughs> but that's awesome. that's pretty much it. Other than uh, playing a lot of games for extra life that also were not fifty two hundred games. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we're going to start with you, Ferg. Okay. What, what What are your thoughts on the arcade version of Moon Patrol? What did you like about it? Didn't like? When did you first play it? Um, I think I first played it probably in the 90s. Uh, we, there used to be a, a get-together at Mike Etler's store. Uh, that's where Nava started, the yeah. North Atlantic game of Fissionados, I think it is. And he had a machine there, and that's where I first played it. I don't think I had ever played it back in the 80s that, that I remembered. Um, uh, well, I, it's okay. <laughs> I, it, was, it was weird finding out that it was a Williams game because it doesn't seem like a Williams game, but then I looked more into it and found out it was not, you know, they just licensed it because I don't associate the, the sounds that Moon Patrol has with Williams. No. But um, now uh, I really like the 12-bar the blues theme that it has going for it, yeah. but uh, really not much else. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm so bad at it or or what, but I I enjoyed playing it this week, uh, but uh, probably won't go back to it very much. Well, that's cool. How about you, Mister Matt? Uh, I think I played it when it was new because I remember uh, the arcade we always went to when I was a kid got one uh, in the early '80s, and I was I I liked it. I took to it right away. Although I wasn't very good at it, 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 it I didn't get any decent at it until you know playing it as an adult but I, I i liked it because of the the music like Ferg said i think that's a pretty cool little background catchy background too you know, it's got yeah. going on 
And I like that the parallax scrolling. I think this is one of the first games that had that. Yeah. I thought the backgrounds moving like that was just super cool. And I, yeah, I liked I the whole. Uh, I just loved the look of it, and I liked that you could get to like different places because the background will change every now and then. So the the sense of you uh, getting further and further in the games was a hook for me. Cool. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I still like it today. How about you, Michael? Well, I definitely played this when it came out in the, uh, was it 82, 83? Yep. Uh, probably at my local bowling alley. And I, I was hooked on it right away. And I remember having this for the, uh, I think originally the 2600. Mm-hmm. And then later on for the Commodore and the 5200. It, it's one I always, I always go to. It's, one of, it's definitely one of my go-to games. And I, I just love it. I love I love the parallax scrolling. I love the sound. I love the challenge of it. It, it is still a challenging game. And what's funny is I, I mentioned before that I've I've built my own uh, main cabinet, and this is one of the ones that I go to a lot. And once again, one of my daughters was watching me play, and she's like, "Oh, I want to play." <laughs> now <laughs> I, I've I've never made it to uh, the last checkpoint level uh, checkpoint Z. Checkpoint Z, yeah. You never made wow. it, there? I've never made it without, you know, even continuing. I had a hard time with the mines. Oh, yes, the mines, yes. Mines on the arcade version, I, I, I could never get past it. There, there's Mine. there's like a pattern. There's like a, a timing thing you got to do. Mm-hmm. Well, at the time, my six-year-old daughter hops on. She's like, I want to play. She blew past that. <laughs> to the second round. I didn't realize there were these other aliens these other ufos i came out of the ground and started shooting from you be from behind i've never seen any of that <laughs> until until she played and i was like wow <laughs> it's like a whole new game it's just the way they see things is much different than you know than we do you know been playing this for so long and it she just blew me away and, and i told you my other daughter was like that with cubert she just amazing her scores that she gets in cubert that's awesome so no, I love it. I love the game. It's again, it's one I'll, I'll keep going back to again and again. And I think the fifty two hundred is no different. I think you know it's 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 almost perfect. Cool. Well, how about you, Rick? Yeah, the uh, this game for me is um, uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of more in Ferg's camp than, than else's camp. <laughs> it's it's um it's it's one that uh, I, I play. I remember playing it. I definitely um, it was one of the one of the many you know, that we played back in the eighties, and uh, uh, putting quarters into it and all that. But um, I, I don't recall ever getting to Z. You know, even on my main cabinet, it's it's not one I go back to a lot. It, but the um, I think the frustration level for me with the game is, and I talked about this when we t- covered uh, covered us on in televisionaries. But the um, the the inertia of the buggy. When you're you, when you have to change your speed, uh, it takes some time because the, yeah. the buggy has this inertia in it, and and I don't know. I, that's just a game mechanic. I just never feel good about. It. I just all the time like, <laughs> go, you stinking, you know, get out of the way. And I, it, it just becomes so frustrating that I find myself not wanting to go back to it a lot. Yeah, I remember. I remember first playing Moon Patrol in my local arcade, and one of the things that drew me to it was seeing the parallax scrolling. I thought that was a really cool effect that Williams did on this machine. And I really liked the gameplay, even though I'm an uncoordinated mess when I'm trying to play the crazy <laughs> thing. <laughs> trying to decide, do I hit the shoot button or the bounce button? I always get those mm-hmm. things confused while I'm playing the game. So I end up shooting when I want to jump, or I jump when I want to shoot. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And I swear, the guys from Ford designed this buggy. It's like a Pinto. You just hit anything and it blows up. <laughs> <laughs> I kept wanting to see like a little Ford symbol on the side of the buggy or something. Oh, oh. <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't be carrying those gas cans around, Willie. No, but uh, it's actually a pretty fun game. I, I've gotten to the end of it just maybe a handful of times, and that was probably later in life when I played the games when I was in college because we had one on our local campus in the lunchroom, and I would play it there every once in a while. Then. Me and my buddies, we'd go to the uh, the pool hall to play pool, and they had one there. And I found that if I got just a little bit tipsy, I usually play the game better. Mm-hmm. I'm like that with most games. I like most games. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still one of my favorite games. Uh, 
I absolutely love it. I had it on my Atari 8-bit and play Living Daylights out on there. So now, let's talk about the 5200 version. Uh, the first thing I want to mention about it is I absolutely love the box art of this game. Really good, really cool looking. I, I love I love the box art of the Atari games in general. Mm. Pretty cool yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's not like the arcade marquee, really. It's, it's a bit different. No, but it's, totally, it's, very, it's very, totally different. And that's where, good, uh, that's where Arcade got his idea for his little 3D model that he was building. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's really neat. I meant to ask him for one of those and I forgot. Whoops. Well, he's got to send an email and say, hey, I want one of those little Moon Patrol models. Yeah. Pretty cool. <laughs> They're pretty neat. But of course, you know, like, like every Atari, most Atari games, there's always like a little story. So there's like a little story at the beginning of the manual here I want to read real quick before we go any farther. So the manual says, Let's be careful out there. When you signed up with the Luna City Police Department, who have you thought that would be assigned to Sector 9, home of the toughest thugs in the galaxy? Sure, you've got the finest patrol car on the force, clean with anti-gravity jump buttons and laser bullets. I can use one of those in traffic, man. <laughs> But in rough terrain of Sector 9, you need more than fancy equipment to survive. Just evading huge craters and moon rocks is hard enough without having to deal with hostile UFOs and enemy landmines and tanks. <laughs> Getting through your patrol in one piece is almost impossible. Unless you drink a little bit of absinthe and you play the game a little bit better. <laughs> I just love those little stories that they put in on there. And the Bano is actually kind of cool, too. It goes through all the different uh, stages of the game, how to play it. has a, has a real nice score table in the back where the where the enemies that you fight are in in color, which I think is a nice touch. I do like that it's in color, but I think they left some of the enemies out, didn't they? Yeah, I don't I don't see what's the thing they they look like uh, three little circles connected by like a triangle, and they drop those crater bombs. Oh. Yeah, those things are the worst. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't see I don't see that in the manual. There. And there's like a monster sometimes that's like sits in those craters. Oh uh, yes, I forgot about that. Oh gosh, yep. I forgot too. Crater yeah. monster. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what those are called. And I was crater actually looking at the manual. It's just crater monster. Okay. <laughs> those daggone crater monsters. Daggone crater monsters. So Ferg, what do you think of Boom Patrol on the eight bit? Um, it looks it looks great. Uh, it looks a little flat, I think, but that's kind of a, a lot of games that happens to when they get. It, it seems like it to me. I don't I don't have enough experience with the fifty two hundred or eight bit games to to know if they're flatter than the uh, arcade versions or whatever the the twenty six hundred versions. Yeah. Um. It sound the sound is great. I mean, you know, it's the pokey right oh, in that there. pokey chip. It's yeah, it's really good, and they did try to do it. I think in the twenty six hundred version, it's not bad, but it does not compare to the Pokey Chip at all. No. And, and since I wasn't hampered by the fifty two hundred joystick, uh, he said, <laughs> <"Duck in."> <laughs> 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 uh, "Well, okay. So when I played it on the eight hundred, I had, you press up for to jump, and then you press uh, fire to fire both. Now, was that always the case in the arcade game where you had to press fire to?" Pr to fire both the um, missiles and the shots? Yes. yes. Okay. okay. Yes. But there was a jump button in the arcade. There was yes. a jump button yes. in the arcade, yes. yeah. Now, did you guys have to press the button to jump also, yes. or did you press oh, yes. up in the 5200? The 5200, we had a separate button. Okay. Yeah. So do you, do you think that's harder than pushing yes. up? Because you, know, yes. you do, okay. Yes, I do. I, do. Yeah. I don't think so. I think it's, I like it better. But... I like the button myself, yeah. Because, uh, especially the 5200 stick, because, like, up is kind of, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's an analog <laughs> stick. It's so. relative. Yeah. yeah, I can see where that would be a problem. But I just covered kangaroo, so I was already used to pushing up to, to jump, so it wasn't a problem. I mean, not that you could tell by my score, but. <laughs> but, yeah, it's really nice. It looks good. It kind of looks like a, it kind of looks pastel-y like a ColecoVision game, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it looks great. Sounds great. How about you, Matt? Uh, I'm with Ferg. I think it looks and sounds really good. Um, I I can't really find a flaw with it. We did. I would say that the uh, the 5200 stick. One thing I kind of like about it with this game is 
in the arcade game, it's just it's a digital control stick. So back is back and forward is forward, and that's it. But I noticed with this, if you just like slightly push back, it just slows down. Like it actually responds to the analog a bit, which I think is pretty cool that they that they made use of of the analog stick that way. Oh, I didn't oh. notice that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. I'm pretty sure it, it does recognize that, which I thought was neat. So I noticed a real difference when I used a master play on it. it, it the buggy definitely behaves differently. Well, that's kind of cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah, pretty neat. I think it's a great board. I mean, it's it's got everything in it. Uh, they did change up some of the graphics sprites for the uh, enemies, which, I mean, we can talk about it later, but there was a, an Atari age threat where somebody did a hack that sort of makes those look a little more arcade-like and makes uh, the buggy oh. look more closer to the arcade as well. So I'm kind of curious. Like, obviously, it could have been done, but kind of wondering why they change those around in the first place but uh, I don't think it detracts from it it's still the gameplay is 100% mm-hmm. better well go ahead and talk about it now what, what, what's this uh, this hack on Atari Age uh, there's a thread that Atari Age members Tix Ender Dude and Dr. Clue kind of got together I'm not sure who exactly did what but they did a sprite hack to make the buggy and the aliens look a lot more uh, accurate to the original oh and, cool uh, I've got a link to it at the end of my uh, article, and uh, you can find my article on, on the Facebook page for us. But uh, it's it, there's a couple different ROM versions that they put up. They're all worth checking out, either on your emulator or on your Atari Max card. And they did a really nice job. They also tweaked some of the colors a little bit to make it look uh, closer to the arcade. Oh, that's awesome! No, I like the, the, cr- I like exactly the cricket the buggy. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> the cricket buggy. <laughs> <laughs> It's good stuff. Definitely worth looking at. How about you, Michael? What'd you think of the 5200 version of Moon Patrol? Ah, uh, so I, yeah, I, I absolutely love this this port of it. Uh, my my biggest problem is with the two buttons. I really wish they had an option where you could push up, and only because the the the, the buttons are so close together that it made it very difficult. So I found myself having my left thumb for fire and my right like another finger on the other side for jump and i i'd constantly press the wrong buttons but i mean it it is what it is it's fine i just wish they had an option to do that differently that was not an issue in the arcade because the way the buttons were laid out um i had i found this to be harder than the arcade version i can't get to the first uh checkpoint e Without dying at least once. What? That's not, that's not the case. Every time. And that's not the case in the arcade. I could blow through the first few checkpoints without dying in the arcade. In the 5200, it's, and then it, gets, it seems to get easier. From like E on, it gets a little bit easier. But from A to E, I, I have a big problem with that. And I think one of the problems I have is that the range of firing isn't as far as the arcade. Oh, okay. So when you shoot, it only, you know, it doesn't go as far as it does in the, in the arcades. So that 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 was a little bit of an issue for me. But the gameplay is all there, as as Matt was saying. All the elements are there. Um, I like the fact that you can continue. I think that's that's a great touch that they added that as well from the arcade. I did go back and play the different other other some of the other ports like the twenty six hundred. And I was surprised how many elements of the arcade they had in that as well. I mean, it, it does play very nicely. And the Commodore 64 version as well. But I, I really enjoy the 5200. And even with, you know, I, I think the analog, the, the, the 5200 joystick was perfect for this game, other than just the buttons I had just had a hard time with. But it, it's a beautiful looking game. It plays well. And it's really, I don't think anything's missing from it. How about you, yeah. Rick? What'd you think of the game? Yeah, so mentioning earlier on, this is not one of my favorite games. It's still oh. this is a this is a very good port of of Moon Patrol for sure. Um, I I uh, I did not. Uh, I will not speak as glowingly about the uh, 5200 controller <laughs> as, a, as, a, uh, as a controller for this. I struggled. I tried it with a 5200 controller because I wanted to be able to talk about that and mm-hmm. you know, say whether there's any going on. And um, I swear I did I did two or three games in a row using continue and I still didn't get to E. Like I just could not control mm-hmm. this thing. Um, 
I found that uh, I find a lot of times when I'm playing, uh, I'm I'm I'll be hitting fire quite a bit, and then every so often hit jump. And a lot of times I just want to keep hitting fire with jump, you know, like it like a like treat the two buttons as one button when it's time to jump, uh, which is hard on the side buttons of the 5200. Like I yeah. kept having to reach and, you know, um, so the, and then, and then, uh, while I can appreciate totally the, uh, the idea of the analog, uh, being part of the movement of the, of the buggy, uh, speed up more when you lay on it more, that kind of thing. That's, that's a cool, um, innovation there. I was just never able to take advantage of it. I, I was just all the time struggling, trying to control my buggy. So <laughs> when I switch over to uh, master play, uh, clone and I, uh, use my, um, my arcade stick that I've built, it's got nice arcadey clicky buttons uh, for uh, for jump and fire. I, I did a ton better and and really uh, enjoyed that experience a lot more than with the original controller. Mm. Um, I, I thought the uh, I think the buggy um, it, it's got kind of an odd look to it in, in in this port compared to maybe others I've played with that big long nose out the front. Hard you mark. know, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 because the um, because it's uh, they've drawn two wheels instead of the the three given yeah. you know, the constraints they have and they're so close together at first i thought it was treads i thought it was that it made it into a tank instead of um uh two two buggy wheels so it kind of looks more like a tank you look more like you're driving a lunar tank instead of a um uh instead of the buggy that i'm kind of associated with it and and uh, i did like the i did like a lot the uh, the shot on the on the article there um i'm sorry who, who wrote the article i'm uh, forgetting uh. That was me. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I love the I love the pictures there showing the um uh the one from uh gosh, these names aren't coming out of my head today. Metal the other slug. Then it's metal slug, there it is. Thank you. Someone else should talk because apparently I can't get the words out of my brain. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway, um I, I, but other than that, I mean, the graphics are really good. That parallax scrolling is there. It's really great. Uh, I, I did like particularly the way the um, the, the, the triangle shape, the three um, spheres connected by whatever, are flying around. The ones that drop the bombs that make the craters. Mm. I thought I thought those looked pretty good, given, again, the constraints you're dealing with there. Um, I think I think they did kind of change up some of the other bad guys so they don't look like the ones in the arcade, which we'd mentioned, right, about the uh, the hack that's kind of restoring them. Uh, but those, those those triangle guys coming out, I'm like, yep, I know what they're going to do. And, you know, immediately very, <laughs> very recognizable. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, uh, we, we mentioned about the fire button, not firing as far. Um, I definitely noticed that. And I, I feel like the fire... Um, I wanted to fire a little more quickly in succession. Like I, I felt like I wasn't able to fire twice quickly to knock out two yeah. uh, rocks in a row. Like like when I would come across two rocks in a row, the only way I was able to get past them was shoot one and jump the second. Uh, whereas I'm, I'm pretty sure in the arcade and other ports I've played, I can blast two in a row quickly. Now, it might be that I need to get closer to the rocks before I hit the first one, so the second one's in the chamber ready to go again. I'm, I'm guessing maybe it doesn't fire the second one while the first one's still on the screen or something like that. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but uh, So some of those, those double rocks, I had to change my strategy. Shoot the first, jump the second, second that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, and then and then I, I kind of posted in our chat just before we started recording about the screen tearing. On uh, I, I see it more pronounced on the left side of my TV screen, mm-hmm. but you guys were mentioning you see it on both sides. Yes. Yeah, I see it on both sides of my TV. Yeah, same yeah, so, here. So I just kind of noticed that as a thing. It doesn't affect the gameplay at all, but it's just it's just kind of there, uh, where you know there's like a, a, a vertical bar on each side of the of the of the screen, uh, the image that is kind of shifted vertically, and it kind of you can kind of see what's going on. That something's not right there. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's it's very strange because like it must just be a TV thing, like you said, because like if you play in an em- in an emulator, like I use the Cat Fifty Two Hundred emulator, it's not there at all. So yeah. I don't understand why it does that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, no, I, was just, I was just wrapping up saying overall, it's a really good port of the game. Everybody said it already. All the gameplay is there. Um, it's, uh, it's a very satisfying Moon Patrol experience. Uh, <laughs> 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 like I said, even, even though Moon Patrol experiences aren't my cup of tea necessarily, it's, it's, still, it's still very good. Well, you know, I, I love Moon Patrol on the Atari 8-bit. So, of course, I'm going to like it on the 5200, with the only exception that... My fat thumbs <laughs> have troubles with those buttons on the side. Yeah. Usually, I'm either jumping and shooting at the same time, or as usual, I get confused because you know I get old, my brain don't work right. And I found myself able to play the game a little bit better by using the Master Play clone, uh, where I got separation of the buttons. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. That seemed to work a little better for me. But of course, uh, like Matt was saying, the buggy responds differently when you're using the master play controller, which I did notice, but I didn't notice it as that much. I, I died a lot more using the master play than I did using the regular uh, Atari 5200 controller. But overall, it's it was a fun game, and I really enjoy it. The, the graphical representation of the buggy itself never did really bother me. I'm not really particular. I just Basically, the gameplay was there, and that's what I really enjoyed with the game. I only wish that somebody would make like a hack of this to do like a 3D version to make the parallax scrolling stand out more. Mm. I think yeah, it would be kind of nice. cool mm. to be yeah. able to do that. So, we do have an audio submission from RK. Hey, Willie, Matt, Rick, Mike. This is RK. How you guys doing? I really enjoyed the Space Invaders episode of the latest Atari 5200 Super Community podcast. Rick's rendition of I'm a Little Teapot was brave and inspiring. Good job, Rick. Seriously, I noticed that some of the discussion was about the look of the 5200 version of Space Invaders. Atari did promote the 5200 as the home arcade machine, so why didn't this version of Space Invaders look more like the arcade? Well, who knows? I heard some theories during the podcast, and I had one as well. The original game came out in 1978, and by 1982, it really looked like it. It's in black and white, there's no starfield, no colors. The characters look very computerish and blocky, and the sound is effective, but it's pretty limited. If Atari could do a decent version for the 2600, why didn't they do a spot-on version for the 5200? Probably because by 1982, Space Invaders was considered an antique game, and it was going to need a makeover if it was going to be on another new console. Most people had played it quite a bit in the arcades, restaurants, laundromats, bars. It was everywhere. I think the first time I saw it was in a bar. It had pretty much saturated the market on all platforms, especially the 2600, where most people didn't notice the differences between the arcade and the cartridge version, and I'm pretty sure Atari knew this. And between 1978 and 1982, video games were developing character, literally, like Pac-Man, The Ghosts, Donkey Kong, Mario, known as Jumpman, Frogger, Q-Bert. They were in color, they had personality, and they had more animation than the Space Invaders. I'm thinking inside at Atari they discussed this and probably considered an arcade-accurate Space Invaders, but it was an early release for the system, and they were trying to sell a new system that was competing with their old system. Part of the problem was that people were used to buying an entertainment electronic, like a stereo or record player, and it lasted years. When it did have to be replaced, it could still play all of their old albums without having to buy new versions. Atari was asking people to lay out a lot of money to buy a new system in a very short time and buy all new cartridges to play pretty much the same games they had on the 2600, even though they looked more like the arcade, which a lot of people didn't even care about. I'm sure some people put out the cash to play a more arcade-like version of Pac-Man, but that's because the 2600 version of Pac-Man disappointed everybody, or most people. I kind of liked it. Space Invaders, on the other hand, was pretty faithful on the 2600 to the arcade version, or at least people thought so. I think Atari may have known this, and they also knew that people could play the 2600 version of Space Invaders on the 2600 that they may still have laying around. Or, eventually, they'll be able to play it on their 2600 adapter that came out for the 5200. So instead of creating an arcade-perfect Space Invaders, which, as a new release, probably wouldn't sell as well, they decided to change it up a bit graphically, and then that way they could better show off what the 5200 was capable of, because it was all about trying to make it a success. The arcade and 2600 versions had marching, blocky invaders that looked like antiques. The image of an invader that we see today as an icon of retro gaming, it wasn't cool yet. There also wasn't any such thing as retro gaming in 82. It was all still new and current, but Space Invaders looked decrepit by comparison. Atari changed up the invaders by adding more frames of animation to the invaders so they looked more like they were flowing, spinning, dancing, mocking me when I missed them, which they couldn't do with a two-frame animation. More frames of animation meant redesigned invaders that were more colorful and less blocky. So I think they were kind of smart not to port over that foul ball of an 8-bit version and instead do, do a total reprogram. 
It even had the speeded up aliens with the last one running around because, as we know, uh, Tomohiro Nishikado spent a year building uh, hardware to support the original version of Space Invaders because he needed more memory to move all those invaders around on the screen. So he, with increased hardware, when he first tested the, the game, he still thought the invaders moved slowly. But, as we all know, as the invaders got picked off one by one, the invaders started moving faster and faster because of that extra horsepower he had built in with the memory. So that the last invader skidded around the screen pretty fast. And that was all caused by a glitch, which in turn, uh, I think, made Space Invaders maybe the first video game that got harder to play the longer you played it. So anyway, I've gone on long enough. I, I like to say that I like the 5200 version of Space Invaders because it is weird looking. The invaders are kind of creepy, and the UFO, look at that UFO. It looks like a skull to me. And like most people back in 82, me included, I can always pop in the 2600 version to go back to basics. And now that Space Invaders, now that that Space Invader, I think he's in the second and even third row of the arcade, well, he's now officially become cool, but he's still only worth about 20 points in the arcade. So listen, thanks guys. Thanks for letting me ramble on. Keep up the great podcasting. I love listening to you guys. Uh, you guys take care. Okay, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good Pretty good information on Space Invaders. Yeah, he yeah. made some great points. I, I didn't uh, think about Space Invaders so much being old hat by 82, but I guess it was. Yeah. Pretty cool. So any uh, final thoughts on Moon Patrol? Uh, I think it's a must-have for the system, personally. Well, let's, let's talk about high scores. We'll start with... Uh... <laughs> we'll start with Ferg. What'd you get, Ferg? I took a picture. What did I do with it? Okay, so I made it all the way to E, and I got 4,750 points. After nice. an hour of trying. Good, good <laughs> job, oh. Ferg. We're so proud of you. <laughs> you know, can I say one thing? This reminded me, of, Have you got, are you guys familiar with Bit Trip Runner? Bit Trip Runner? It yeah, it's a, it's a current game. It kind of looks like Pitfall a little bit. Yes. It's, it, this kind of reminded me of that. Like, it's a takeoff on Moon Patrol. Uh, it, just, it seems like there's, uh, you have to go through sectors, and each sector adds something. I mean, it's not as explicit in Moon Patrol, because... Uh, you know, it starts adding everything all at once a lot later down the line, but it just reminded me of that quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does make sense. That's kind of cool. I'll have to check that out. Oh, it's great. Yeah. How about you, Mr. Matt? Uh, let's see. I got 34,700. Nice. <laughs> I... Wait, what was your score? 34,700. Oh, man. <laughs> I think I, I cleared the first course. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I swear he's a savant, man. <laughs> I, just, I like Moon Patrol. I played it a lot. <laughs> How about you, Rick? Uh, I got twenty one thousand five fifty. Oh, nice. great! Another person I can hate. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Michael? I think, my, I think mine was like seventeen thousand. Oh, I just barely beat you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mine was 17650 I As I said, I, I had a hard time just getting to the first checkpoint. Once I got past that, I was okay, but I usually lost two lives just getting to E. Well, it, it, it's a great game. I mean, it, it's a lot of fun. It's it's one I, I definitely always go back to, uh, even though I, you know, I, I end up having to continue a lot. It's 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 a great it's a great port. Well, that's one nice thing about Moon Patrol is yeah. you have the option to continue the game, so you can see new stuff and just work your way through it. Uh, the hardest level for me is the freaking minefield. Yeah, me too. That's that's where me I lose too. most of my guys is in that freaking minefield. I think it's at <laughs> J or something. Yeah, it's kind of in the middle. If I remember. Yeah. yeah, but I do like the hill that you got to climb. That that's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool that they got that in the fifty two hundred version too. I meant to say something about that. Like play monster truck buggy. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's interesting though. The gameplay kind of stops for a second when that. Yeah. And then it, when it changes over to the uh, the, uh, the the hill, it does. The screen flashes for a second and yeah. it changes over. But at least they put it in there. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know when I do continue the game and I get to that second set 
the second set of 26, those friggin' tanks. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is there a bear? Yeah, I can't get by the tanks. I've tried and tried, mm. and I cannot get by the tanks. That is a hard level. Yes. Yeah, and I, as I said, in, in the arcade version, I cannot get past the mines. Yeah. At the no matter how many times I continue, I've never been able to get past the mines. It's just... It's always been too difficult. Well, you probably made that arcade owner pretty happy then. Yeah. <laughs> he's back, he's back uh, to rigging I'm, his... I'm the arcade owner now, but... He's back to rigging his hands. <laughs> yes. Yes. Put another quarter in. Yes. <laughs> hey, you just you have go. to get your daughter to play that part for you. Exactly. Here you <laughs> As I said, she went right through it. I'm like, you... <laughs> Substitution, please. Yeah. Cool. So... What game are we going to discuss next time? Who picked last time? Who picked Moon Patrol? I think Matt did. Matt did? Did I? Okay. I might have. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to let's go to Rick. Rick. Oh boy. What do you want to play next? Hmm. Well, I, I think I remember putting in an, a uh, a vote in a past incarnation of this podcast, maybe, for um Blueprint. Yep, I still have the uh, directory on my computer for that episode. <laughs> yeah, man. We oh, probably yeah. should really do that, yeah. We should do that. I'm going to keep bugging you guys about Blueprint until we do it. So. <laughs> I think, Matt, you, did Matt, Matt, you write an article for that already? Uh, oh, man. That would save me some work this time, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna check on that. So, yeah, we got to get Blueprint, Blueprint out of the way. It's actually a fun game. I do like Blueprint. It's definitely unique. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very unique game, and I love the gameplay mainly because I like you know going through other people's houses to find pieces of a machine to save my girlfriend. That's kind of cool. That's just, yeah. <laughs> how many times, right? I mean, so yeah, I played a ton of that one on the C sixty four. So looking forward to talking about it. Okay, so Ferg, before we close everything out, do you have yeah. any kind of special things coming up you're going to be doing or anything like that you want to talk about? Uh, um, just a uh, Christmas episode uh, that's, I guess, special. That'll be coming out next month, sometime before Christmas. <laughs> uh, that's about it. Uh, just regular episodes up until then. Where can people uh, send you uh, submissions for your Christmas show for the 2600 pod- podcast? It's uh, 2600 game by game at gmail.com. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. And if you want to send us emails or whatever, good luck. Because I don't have an email address anymore. <laughs> but you can send them to arcadeusa76 at gmail.com. So there. Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone.